Anybody ready for the word today? Somebody, anybody ready for it? It's an easy message I want to preach to you. You can jump up and down and shout if you want to, or just sit there and absorb it. But I got a word for you. Um, So we have gathered today at the garden tomb. And I, I had the privilege years ago of going to the garden tomb. And I was there, my wife and I, we were there, everybody's really quiet, just kind of sneaking up like they're going to wake somebody up. And I walked into the tomb in Israel, there in Jerusalem, I walked in the tomb just outside of Jerusalem, just just not far from Golgotha. And when I walked in, I was overwhelmed with the reality that Jesus was not there. Just, I knew I was going to do it, maybe I set myself up for it, but I could not contain myself. And so when I came out, I told all those quiet people, he's alive, he's alive, he's risen. And the police quickly escorted me off. No, that didn't happen, but (laughs) could have happened. I am overwhelmed with the, the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. And today I want to talk to you about being fully alive. Uh, Matthew 28 and 6, read it with me. He is not here, for he is risen. You love that? He is not here, for he is risen. Love that. The coolest angel in the world. Anybody remember him? You haven't read about him? The cool, the cool super cool angel. This angel, they didn't even call him by name. But uh, evidently, uh, that morning, uh, the stone was rolled away. A big angel came by. That's what the Bible says. It's in Matthew 28. And his raiment was like lightning. I mean, he was like the brightest light you could imagine. He climbed up on the rock and just leaned back, waiting on people to show up. Mary, who's rushing in there, trying to get there early, got things to do. She rushes to the tomb, and she sees that the stone is rolled away. And the angel said, he's not here. He is risen. Somebody shout it. He's not here. He is. No, no, shout it like you need to wake the person up next to you right now, okay? He is not here. All right, all right. I got you all upset now. Now, here's the great promise that goes with this. It is in Romans 8, verse 11. But if... But if, you should read this out loud with me. Read it. It's in your sermon notes too. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Wow. I am so loving this. I love to preach. I really do. And I... I love preaching on Resurrection Sunday, but I want you to grab this before it slips out of your hand. Okay, are you ready? I want you to grab this. Jesus did not limp out of the tomb. Like Jesus got up and is like, okay, really hurts right back here and just kind (coughs) of gets out of the tomb. I'm here. Could somebody call an ambulance? He didn't do that. Jesus did not call the EMTs. He didn't call the fire department. You know if you call 911, all of them are going to come, right? So 
He didn't call that. He didn't call his disciples and say, hey, guys, I'm here, but I'm really hurting bad. You know, like some of us. Anybody get up this morning and say, I'm sort of ready to go to church, okay? One, okay? So, listen, Jesus is fully alive. Now, this is a spiritual statement to you and I. I want you to receive this. Jesus did not die and rise again so that you could be partially alive. Just suck that in for a minute, okay? So I'm sort of saved, kind of saved, a little bit saved, a little bit free, kind of free, thinking about being free. No, Jesus rose from the grave 100% totally completely alive, victorious over death, victorious over sin, victorious over the grave. You need to grab this while it's out there right now. Jesus is fully alive, and now I am fully alive. And here's, this is scripture. I didn't just come up with this. It's, it's John chapter 14, verse 19. A little while longer, Jesus said, and the world will see me no more. But you will see me because I live, you will live also. So do you see what Jesus is setting them up for in John 14? He says, I'm going to go to the Jerusalem. I'm going to be mocked. I'm going to be beaten. I'm going to be crucified. But after I'm crucified, uh, I'm going to be placed in the tomb, and you will not see me for a little while. But then you will see me because I'm alive. But you will also be alive. Let me translate it for you you. As I am alive, so also you will be alive. Man, that's good preaching, Pastor Rick. I know. But, but it means more than, you know, some people say that I know because he is alive, I'm going to go to heaven one day. Again, you're taking a part of the message, okay? All right. Jesus went to the cross. Who did he go to the cross for? Okay, where are, all, where are all the rotten sinners that needed Jesus? Where are you? Where are all of you that were just a mess, okay? All right, okay. There's a few of us that were not perfect when we met Jesus. We actually needed him. My sarcasm is spectacular today. So <laughs> Isaiah chapter 53 reads this way. But he was pierced for... Did you hear that? He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds, we are healed. We all, say those two words, we all, we all, like sheep have gone astray, each one of us turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. So what I'm telling you is, uh, God doesn't want you to limp along in your spiritual life. And so you're here on Resurrection Day today, not just to go back to life the same way it was before you got here. I want you to know that you are here today in order that when you leave this place, you can be completely alive. Come on, totally, fully alive, completely, utterly alive in Jesus Christ, set free by the power of Jesus. Sin, no longer having anything to do with your life. Praise Jesus. So we're at the tomb today. And welcome to the garden tomb. I'm glad you're here. He is alive. I want you to know that he is alive, but I want you to see something uniquely that I did not recognize about the tomb. Though I've been to the tomb, I still did not recognize this. I didn't look around clearly, but if you read in John chapter 20, verse 1, the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early 
uh, while it was dark and, and saw the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple. The other disciple is the writer. He doesn't even call himself by name. John, the beloved. To Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They've taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Everybody say they. they. Who are they anyway? Anybody ever blame everything on, you know, who, who does this? Those people who make us do things. Those, if they would just, we don't even know who they are, all right? But somebody took Jesus away. I could preach right there for a few moments. I want you to know that you need to stop blaming your lack of revelation of Jesus on others. All right? He is, okay, I'm, okay, I'm back, I'm back. All right, so. They told Peter and John. Peter, therefore, went out and the other, other disciple and were going to the tomb. They both ran together. All right? So here's Peter and John. Whew. I'm already tired. All right? Running to the tomb. And the other disciple, I think this is so cool that he wrote this. And the other disciple outran Peter. <laughs> Who is the other disciple? John. He's so kind. He says, but I busted him up all the way to the tomb, okay? We started at the same place, but I got there before he did. And so they ran both. The other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, John saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Peter came following him. He probably wanted to underline that too. Yep, I beat Peter. That is so fun. Okay, back to the sermon. And Peter went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. And then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed. So uh, what we find from this teaching in John chapter 50 is that Jesus left the tomb, but the tomb was not empty. Okay, what was in the tomb? His burial cloths. And also a napkin that had covered his face that he folded neatly as he left. You can see Jesus is kind of taking it, folding it up, and laying there. And that, that has context to it, you understand. The context of that understanding is that Jesus was also raised as a carpenter's son. And in order for uh, the, the individual who's hiring you to build something, in order for them to understand that the project was finished, you took that towel that you were wiping your brow with and you folded it neatly and you laid it on top of the project and walked away. So Jesus, what? He said when he died, he said, it is finished. And the veil tore in two. And then he died and he rose again because though he was finished at the cross, he wasn't finished because there was something else that he wanted to do. And that was the resurrection. I'm done laying here. I am free. And he laid it down as a sign, walked out the door. Tomb wasn't empty. There's also something else that was there. Burial clothes. Burial clothes were there. Now, why were the burial clothes there? Because he didn't need them anymore. You don't have to be real smart to preach. Just, be, just read these things, okay? Why was he not wearing burial clothes? Because he ain't hanging out in the grave anymore. And those are for the dead. And I am alive. So he ripped them off. Jesus. I am so full of this message. It is so powerful, isn't it? Okay, so we know the burial cloths were in there, but there's some other things that you may need to know. 
And it's out of 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 5. All right, you remember this. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. So who was Jesus? He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. I love that. And then in 1 Peter 2 and 4, he himself carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So here we are at the tomb. You need, to, you need to hang with me here. Listen, here we are at the tomb, and we're saying the tomb is empty. No, what we're saying is Jesus is no longer in the tomb. Now, now here's, here's something else I believe other than the burial cloths that Jesus left. Because when Jesus, and the Bible actually says it this way, that they actually, the, the, our sins actually were connected to him. That's the way it, it reads. That our sins held him to the cross. And when he came to the tomb, when he came to the tomb, they carried his dead, beaten body and everything connected to him into the tomb. Hear what I'm saying. We're standing at the garden tomb today celebrating what Christ did and what he has saved us from. But you have to be careful lest you go back to the tomb and say, come on, Jesus, rise from the dead. But rather than saying, Jesus, I want you to rise from the dead, sometimes we call our sins back to life that Jesus had killed at the cross. We got this past, we got this story, we got some things that have not left us. Can I tell you, you got to be careful about rummaging through tombs for the wrong reasons. Be careful about going back to the place that you used to be. You might find something in. Hey, you found something. Yeah, I found a few things actually. Okay, so I knew you were kind of, you know, raising some money. That's kind of cool. So. You got a new business? I was thinking about it. I've been talking with John Mike. Yeah. He's got this whole eBay thing going on. I figured I could, uh, I don't know, maybe Tomb Bay. Tomb Bay. Or the Tomb. We're still working on, and we're working out on the kinks, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Working out the kinks. So you're starting Tomb Bay business. Yeah, we're just trying to like. Raise some money. Sell some of this. I'm just looking at some things, you know. Um, so, I, think no, I don't know. You, I mean, I know you just walked in the door. But I was kind of, I, one of the things, I was, you got to be careful about rummaging through because the stuff you got here, if you got it out of the tomb, we may need to just throw this stuff back in there. So I, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think anybody needs to buy this. Yeah, some of this might have a little more meaning than... Okay, so you... Okay, well, let's just take a look, Preston. Let's see what's right, going so on. I found a kettlebell. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. For the kettlebell. This is really nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, this is kind of heavy. Uh-huh. I said it's heavy. And which tomb did you get it out of? This one over here? Yeah, I found it just over the, in the that garden tomb. tomb? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, here's, the, here's the deal. Uh, Jesus, he carried our weight of sin for us. I think, I think the weight has, um, I think it represents failures. Wow. Right? Yeah. I think a lot of us carry failures around. 
when we really shouldn't. And I think failure and is like one of those things that, um, you know, a lot of times fear of failure keeps from doing things. Wow. And it's funny because the fear of failure causes us to be, be failures by default. It, it, there's this there's this scripture I was looking at. It's um second it's in second uh, Corinthians. Paul says so many great things. Oh man, I love yeah. <laughs> and um, he says that our or that the power of God is made perfect in our weakness. Yeah. And I think some of us, um, you know, we carry our weakness around, um, but. God's power in our lives is made perfect. So there's, which even just like in talking about this, and we're just honestly just talking right now. Yeah, we don't have scripts. <laughs> and, and just talking about this and looking at that scripture that God's power can be made perfect means that God's power in your life can also be imperfect. Mm. If it's worth noting that it can be made perfect, then you carrying... And hiding your weakness, maybe because you failed a few times in business and family and relationships and morality, like all these things, because you failed in these different areas and we want to hide them and not say, you know what, Jesus, these are yours. You take them to the cross and leave them in the tomb. We decide to carry them with us. It weighs us down and keeps us from succeeding at all. And I'm thinking right now that even that idea, even that thought of a failure. Right now, our culture is just inundated with anxiety and fear. Has anybody noticed that? Yeah. So that comes from that fear of failure. And it's, it's like, it's, it's not so much that I'm just concerned with what might happen. It's that I'm inundated and I become, uh, my word, hypervigilant. I'm always trying to figure out how I can do everything and make everything perfect. But it's not that you want to do everything well. It's more like I'm so afraid of failure that I can't sleep at night. I'm so afraid that I can't take a step. I can't talk. And Jesus did not come so that we would be afraid of failure. He took that weight off of us. I said we put that mess. Anybody, can I get it? How many think we've got to put that back in the tomb? Let's put that back in the tomb. What, yeah, thanks, because I wasn't going to carry that. I didn't want to throw it. No, no. And what else did you find for Tomb Bay? Um, I got this pillow. That's cute. I figure, yeah. figure if we put the stuffing back in. Oh, man, I already I see that. But, but I know what this represents. Yeah. And it just represents you know, a broken heart. You know, we, I think we see, we experience brokenness on different levels, but everybody experiences it. Everybody has a broken heart. Has anybody in here not experienced brokenness before? Nope. Put my hand back down. Both of them. <laughs> everybody, everybody experiences brokenness. Everybody gets hurt. This is the common denominator for the whole human race is hurt, is pain. So like understanding that we're not supposed to carry our broken hearts forever. You know, um, the psalmist said, he binds the brokenhearted and heals our wounds. Wow. And that's prophecy as well. Mm-hmm. And when I see this, anybody see your own heart when you see this? Anybody see your own heart? Is there anybody that's ever had wounds in your heart? Heart wounds. People think sometimes you don't have heart wounds. No. 
We really, in fact, heart wounds sometimes perpetuate our wrong living more than anything else. Yeah. And this means different things for some of you. Some of you, if, if this actually represented your heart, there'd be like a thousand holes in it and just a little foam coming out everywhere. And here's what you do when you have a heart wound. You're constantly posturing yourself to protect so that you do not feel that particular pain. And so you won't manage relationships, right, because of heart wounds. Or, is that right? And so you're constantly just kind of shoving it to the back so nobody can see. And, and also the heart wound, also, if you do speak of that, like if, if you're like me and you had like some abuse when you were a child in your life, some certain people might actually trigger you and they don't even have to say anything. They just have to walk in the door. They just act that way or something and... And so you end up relationally struggling. You end up crying and not knowing why. Help me, counselor. You know what I'm talking about? You end up, and Preston, you'd mentioned it. One of the problems with this, you can actually become addicted to this pain. Yeah. And so now you have all kinds of things. How did you say it? You get addicted to the brokenness. Yeah, I think some people, if we're not careful, we get addicted to our own brokenness. Um, I see a lot, like... Just going back to Savage Dads as my community right now. We've got more than 1,200 guys that are c- getting connected. Any Savage Dads are, in the room today? Any Savage saying, Dads? Well, say woo-woo wanna, or something. Okay, so. I wanna, yeah. I'm going to be an excellent father. You know, I, I think a big problem, no offense to women, but a big problem is men are supposed to lead. Amen. And the problem is... Excuse me. In, on okay, one, I saw that say it. On one side, it's been fantastic that there are some really strong ladies. Yes, amen. Who had, who had to play the part of dad. But at best, but still at best, and this might hurt somebody's feelings, at best, mom can still only play the part of dad, not actually be dad. Wow. So dads really need to step up and be excellent fathers and what we call savage dads. And like, I, I pose these questions all the time, like regarding, you know, what was a favorite memory of you and dad when you were a kid? And every time I pose this question, I get a handful of guys that say, man, I wish my dad was around. Or man, I wish I could tell you, but I never met the guy. So even as, and some of these guys, if you click on, and I always do this, I get a little like nosy and I try to find out who these people are. I look at their pictures and so many of these guys just look like tough grown men who can just take everything on the chin, but at surface, and they might even come across with their little comments, like, like they don't really need that. But in truth, there's this broken piece of their heart that still at 45 years old, hasn't been mended. And that that hurt has perpetuated some hurt in other people's lives. And we struggle because sometimes whoever we are, we can't get honest about what's going on in our heart. Am I right? And and we're talking about this right now. And some of you right now, I want you just to consider the brokenness, the woundedness, the wounded hearts that we have. Jesus took our pain and our wounds and he went to the cross. And there is a path. One of the things is like right now, Holy Spirit that's in this room is kind of... He, he's just kind of pushing some of you, just a little nudging you and saying, that's you. That's your story. So get honest about it before the Lord Jesus. I remember for myself, just getting honest about some hurts that I have had in my own life. 
It's when the healing shows up. Yeah. And because Jesus was taken, he was stripped and put upon the cross and led away and placed into the tomb. He took whatever wound you have, whatever sin was committed against you. He took that sin with him to the cross so that you don't have to carry it for the rest of your life. Don't take your wounded heart back out of the tomb. Can we just do that last big one down there? Yeah. Got some pieces of chain. Yeah. So, wow. Already broken. Pretty nasty. Yeah. Some really nice plastic chain we have here. I'm sorry. Just, I'm sorry. It was supposed to look real. It looks real. Okay. Maybe that's exactly the point. Maybe sometimes yeah. the chains we think are holding us yeah. are just a facade. They're not nearly as strong as they look. <laughs> that was a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody yell bonus. Yeah. He wasn't supposed Thank to. Thank you, Holy that. Ghost. So. <laughs> so the chains held Jesus to the cross, our sins, yeah. the things that bind us. And we end up, though Jesus Christ broke every chain that yeah. binds us and holds us, we end up back in the same mess that Jesus died on the cross to set us free from. Yeah. These are also like addictions, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody ever struggled with an addiction? Where are you? Anybody want to confess right now that you have struggled with addiction? Wave at everybody around you. Say, it's me, it's me. Look at the power these people have right now. Go ahead, wave at people right now. Yeah. And say it, I have struggled with addiction in my life. Wave at somebody. There you go, see? How many know that's one of the ways you get out? Anybody know that? So I'll hit that in a moment, but that's part of it. you got to get honest. you got to get real. Stop pretending like nobody can see your chains. That's the, the blood Bonus of the, two. The yeah. blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, right? Yeah. Set yeah. free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Yeah. I mean, we're forgiven because of the work that Jesus did, but we're set free because of the work we're willing to do with him. Yeah. You know, That's so powerful. To, like, we have to include ourselves in the work of the cross. <sighs> Jesus. I, uh, here's the deal though. Also, one of the things I see about these chains, and you know, later we'll receive communion before we leave today. So I'm looking at the chain and I'm seeing them as the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus. Anybody glad that Jesus set you free? Yeah, amen. Anybody glad that you're forgiven? So these are really broken chains, okay? These are broken chains. Mm -hmm. So. I have been wounded. I have a heart wound in my life. And so while I'm dealing with my heart wound, I go back into the tomb. Here we go. All right. And I find the chains that Jesus broke. And I bring those chains back out, the chains of unforgiveness. And I take them and I try to bind somebody else or I bind myself. How can I take the forgiveness, the chains of, of, of unforgiveness back out of the tomb of Jesus and then not forgive you for the sins that you have done against me. And that's what my call is as a believer. People are going to hurt you. People are going to say nasty stuff about you. You can see something on Facebook and you're going to say, I ain't putting up with that kind of stuff. I Listen, we are so busy for 
forgiving people, we don't have time to go back into the tomb and find some old chains so that we can be bound what Jesus died to set me free from. I'm forgiven because of the work of Jesus Christ. Some of you right now, you're angry at somebody. It's what you look like. All that Jesus did for you. You're addic- How many know that addictions can also be evidence of unforgiveness? Oh, yeah. Some of you say, well, I'm not an alcoholic. No, you're not. But you spent 40 hours playing video games on your phone. Uh-huh. So you don't have to deal with what's really going on in your life. Was that bad? Is that okay? Somebody give me an amen somewhere. I'm not addicted. Maybe I'm addicted to myself and I just can't stop shopping because I keep trying to decorate myself up to somehow cover up all the mess that's been in my life. So I got like five closets full of clothes in one closet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not addicted addicted to myself addicted to wrong relationships you're not in your first marriage you're like way down the road and you somebody calls you on it and you say well you know don't call me on that I mean Jesus forgave me yes he forgave you but he forgave you also to set you free and to heal your heart you got anything else you want to throw in there I'm getting crazy. <laughs> Just like what you were saying, uh, he, he forgave you to set you free. Um, I, I like to think of that story, the, the, uh, the woman at the well. You know? Yeah. And he has that same moment, you know. It's the go and sin no more thing. And I, I hear so many people in this generation, even on like other, in other communities that I'm a part of, Facebook groups for youth pastors and kids pastors and People, even people that are that hold the title of pastor, are, some are so confused. And instead of um, <laughs> instead of getting justification through faith, they just want to justify sin. Yeah. Wow. And but that's not what Jesus called us to do. Jesus, He didn't say, you know, you're. It is. He said, you know, it's for freedom. I've set you free. You know, not just for forgiveness, I set you free. And there's a difference. And this is the whole thing of, you know, praying and asking for forgiveness, talking about repentance. You know, and praying and asking for forgiveness, Jesus came not just to forgive us, but he came to set us free. You know, he came to save us, not just forgive us. Wow. Anybody receive that? Is that hit home in anybody's heart right now? I... I think we're done with those. Would you, this morning, on this resurrection morning, would you, while you're sitting there right now, since Pastor Preston and I have had a conversation with one another, would you have a conversation with yourself? You would say, you know, somebody said, that was a bonus a minute ago. Has anybody ever had a Holy Spirit speak to them in their life? Have you ever had that happen before? The same spirit that saved me saves you. The same spirit that caused Jesus to come alive also causes you to come alive. Aren't you tired of living with the same heartache, 
the same heart wounds, the same addictions, the same brokenness, the same stuff. Folks, I'm done with all the stuff that Jesus Christ died to deliver me from. Anybody else want to say amen to that? I'm finished with that, and I'm ready to see what God wants to do next. We're going to pray in a few moments, but some of you will come for prayer, and some of you will never come. Because eventually, you have to take all the brokenness and just validate it by saying, that's just the way I am. Jesus did not die for you and rise again so you could stay just the way you are. Somebody say amen. amen. And some of you are experiencing change. Here's, let me just give you a few statements, just a, four things that you can do. If you leave here today, what am I going to do? Ephesians 4, 24 says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. False self, true self. Old self, new self. Jesus has already done the work. Some people say, I don't have to do anything. And this, the point of that is that your righteousness doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. But there's this false belief. And I want to tell you this really hard and heavy. You need to hear this. Here's the false belief. Jesus died and rose again so that I can live however I want to. That's a lie. The Bible doesn't say that. Jesus doesn't say that. Well, I'm not saved by works. No, you're saved unto good works. You couldn't live righteous. You could. Your works were doing nothing for you. But now I love Jesus. I obey his word. And I refuse to walk in darkness anymore. You hear me? What do I do? Say, put on my new self. Say it, put on my new self. What I want you to do is come fully alive. All right, fully alive. Let me help you with some simple ideas. One is humility. I just preached to you, and there's one of two responses that you're going to have. One of the responses is this. I can't believe he would be all that trying to call me out. And, okay, I know you're full of yourself, and it's really tough for you to hear what I'm preaching right now. Humility. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Humble. Be humble. Anybody struggling with anything right now? Go ahead, wave your hand. Anybody got some struggles going on in your life? Maybe some struggles in your head, some anger, struggling with some unforgiveness. Anybody, where are we? Say, now the pastor told us we can't have that, we better not raise our hand because then, listen, God already knows. As long as you're pretending that it's not real, you're going to be stuck in it. Transparency. I love that. I just called you to that when I asked you to lift your hands. It's an old, it's this little preacher trick. Everybody lift your hand, you know. Why is it such a problem for you? Why do they have people walk down an aisle for prayer? It doesn't matter if you walk down an aisle for prayer. Then why is it such a problem for you? Why is it a struggle to be transparent? Transparency is a power. 
It's like a superpower. Can I get an amen from somebody? I mean, when you actually look at somebody and say, yes, I've been adulterous. Yes, I've been a sinner. Come on. Some of you have had all kinds of stuff that have happened in your life. And with all of the news that's out there right now and all of the equality this and equality that, till we're sucking sin right into it and saying sinful activity is something that Jesus died so you could live in. No, get transparent. Get real. Yes, I was this. Yes, that's the way I live, but I'm putting it all under the blood of Jesus Christ. Here I am. It's like Paul said, if we're going to have a sinner contest, I am the chief of all the sinners. Jesus. Get transparent. Transparency is also confession. Say the word confession. Now later I have some people up here for prayer. That's a good time for confession. It's a good time to walk right up. You can look at somebody up here. Come on, they're going to be confidential. You can walk up to somebody and say, I'm the most sexually broken man in the world. Just go ahead and say it. I can't believe the things that I've done. You can come up and say, I'm the biggest hypocrite in the whole church. People say, there's all kinds of hypocrites in the church. One more shouldn't make a difference, so keep coming, you know. Sometimes we're that way. Am I right? But you just confess it. Just talk about it. I'm struggling living my life for Jesus. Or here's the big one. Repentance. What is repentance? Anybody know what repentance is? Yeah, it's changing directions. So when you talk to somebody, when you confess to your brothers and your sisters, they're not only going to hear you, they're going to pray with you. Jesus is forgiving you. He's already done the work on the cross. And then confession brings about, repentance brings about accountability. Amen? I turn away from it and then connect. How many want the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead to dwell inside of you? Anybody want his spirit to dwell inside of you? Somebody praise God. I want his spirit to dwell inside of me. That's, that's the connection. John chapter 20, I believe. Got that scripture up there? John chapter 20, verse 19. After Jesus rose from the dead, he kept showing up. And one of the places he showed up in verse 19 was behind closed doors. Yeah. Sounds like an old country song or something, doesn't it? Jesus, the disciples were shut behind their doors and Jesus showed up. And the Bible says, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, peace be with you. Okay, I'm going to say that to you right now. Peace be with you. I want the fight over. I want surrender right now. Peace be with you. Stop fighting against your brokenness, fighting against your sin, fighting because you're not fully alive and you know God has more for you. Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said this, receive the Holy Spirit. Pause. What did he say? He said, I'm giving you the same spirit 
that raised me from the dead so that no matter how broken or messed up you think you are, you can be fully alive. And I'm sending you now. I'm sending you not by yourself. I don't want you to just go through the motions. I'm going to send you back to your home, send you back to your jobs, send you back to your neighborhoods. I'm going to send you back. That's right, you're going back. I'm sending you back. And when you go there and you say, but I failed there time and time again, I'm sending you back to your marriage, back to your relationship. Go back. Because when you go back, you're not going the way you were before. I'm going with you. And I'm going to breathe through you the same spirit so that those who are in your life, they can also be fully alive. I'm going to heal your homes. I'm going to heal your families. I'm going to heal your hurts. I'm going to heal your hearts. I'm going to break the chains off of your life. And you're going to be fully alive like you've never been before. Anybody receive the word today? Stand with me. Stand with me around the room. Oh, Jesus. Don't lose this. Don't lose this. Somebody says, I got to get back there before I get a shirt. So the kids are going to be out there. You don't have to pick up your kids upstairs. Is that right? Yeah. They do have to pick their kids up? No. Okay. I got it. Yes. They do not have to pick their kids upstairs because they're, they're, we're, we're hosting a little egg hunt for the children. A few at a time in separate areas all around the front yard. Isn't that cool? Because we want them to have great memories. But Easter eggs will not get you to heaven. Uh, somebody bring me some communion while you're at it. I don't think I have any. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Willie. Perfect. Now, wait, wait. If you need communion, we have some hugs team members that are walking up and down the aisle. Just wave at them. They'll get you some communion. So, let me ask you about this. How many are going to receive communion? Anybody going to receive communion? All right, you're going to receive it. So listen, I don't want... If Jesus was sitting right next to you right now and you could visibly see him, would you still hold on to the unforgiveness that you have? Or do you think you would be moved by his physical presence? The big deal about communion, one of the big deals is to walk, keep walking through forgiveness. Continually walk in forgiveness. Some, somebody in the room right now, some of your wounds and some of your hearts. You need to pray for the individual that hurt you. I just spoke to somebody. You need to pray for them. You need to forgive the one that you want to hate the most. I didn't say you need to call them and invite them over to your house for dinner. That's not what I said. I said you need to forgive them. You need to release them. Otherwise, that hurt will fester and control you the rest of your life. And also consider this. Jesus from the cross looked at those who murdered him and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What, what was he was saying? He was saying hurt people hurt people. People who are not healed wound other people. So start the healing right now. So now you're going to have communion with the Lord Jesus. Do you forgive those who have hurt you? Somebody shout yes if you have. You ready to lay all the wounds down? Are you ready to drop the chains and walk out of your sins? Somebody shout yes if that's true. To follow Christ with your heart, to love him with your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. Are you ready to do that? Anybody? Are you ready? 
Jesus says you need to because I'm going to go with you everywhere you go. Open the communion and hold the bread in your hand and then open the juice so that you can be ready to receive. Father, we give you thanks for the blood and the body of Jesus. We sanctify these things and we say we are ready to receive and to walk in purity, to walk in holiness. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to live inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus gave them the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat it and remember me. Jesus took the cup and he said, this cup is my blood, the blood of the new covenant that's poured out for you. The reason you are forgiven, the reason you are changed, the reason you are set free, take it and receive it and remember me. Stay right where you are. Let's give thanks to the Lord for our forgiveness. All right, now let me ask you, is there anybody in this room that is alive? Is there anybody alive in the room? Come on. Is there anybody that is alive? I need to hear you. Is there anybody that's alive? Is there anybody that's going to leave this place more alive than when you walked in the door? Some of you are in great struggle, though. I have altar workers that are coming here. They're going to come and stand here at the front. They'll be wearing their masks. and we, We appreciate it when you walk around this room wearing your mask. We appreciate that. But hear me. If you need prayer today, come on, altar workers, come and be ready. I want you to know that the altar workers are ready to minister to you, to pray for you. Some of the things that we're talking about are so heavy, so intense, and you're saying, I don't know if my life can ever change. I want to come against that lie. Your life can be changed by the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Are there those in this room? Would you just acknowledge, come on, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would capture our attention right now. Capture our attention. Come, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, deal with those that need prayer today. And we rebuke the enemy and everything that he tries to do and the disruption that he would like to make in our minds, dear Lord. There's nothing more important than this right now. Come, Holy Spirit. There's some of you that really know that what you need is to talk to somebody and to pray with somebody and to have somebody believe with you. Is there anybody in the room? And and I'm calling you out right now. Is there anybody in the room? And you would say, Pastor Rick... I need somebody to pray with me. Today, I've got some stuff that's holding on to me. Wave at me like you're saying hi or something like that. I need somebody, yeah, to pray with me. I need somebody. We've got this extra time right now. Got some extra time. If you want to leave your seats as we conclude this service, as they sing this song, you can leave the seat and just come up here. And these individuals are prepared. Their hearts are prepared to pray with you. So as I dismiss you, don't just go out the door. Walk to the front. Go ahead and you can meet these individuals and they will pray with you. Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for Resurrection Sunday at Freedom. I pray to your God now that as we leave this place, that we would go in the power of the Holy Spirit, not partially alive, not limping in our spirit, but fully alive, fully alive, because the same spirit lives in us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As people come to the front, let's just sing a little bit. Your name, your name is victory. All praise, all praise will rise to Christ our
more prayer workers. I need some more prayer workers to come to the front. If you could come and help me. And I'm here as well. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord give you peace. You be dismissed when you choose. God bless you all. Make sure you pick up a free t-shirt on your way out the door and celebrate with the children during their egg hunt. God bless you.